Hey everybody, welcome to the Gen Church Midweek Podcast, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My yeah, name is John, I'm the engagement pastor, and sitting next to me is Kyle Davies, the lead pastor. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, I, we're, we're ready to go, man. Yeah, I, I like this. I know, I'm back. I got my um, black rock going on here. It's, yeah. it's fall, so I'm going back yes. to my Americanos, moving away from the cold drinks. Shameless plug. Heck yeah, man. They're right down the road. I love that place. Good one to go to. We also had uh, taste testing this weekend. For yes, we did. Coffee uh, hopes for the future. Yes, so. shout out Kids and Cobras. Yeah. Go check them out. Yeah, they were, it was, it was pretty good, man. I'm excited yeah. for what it's going to be for us. I know a lot of people were raving about it this weekend. It's good. Having it. So, good. Yeah, shout out to Sam and them for that. Yes, putting together some good coffee. You can join all of their different coffee programs. I don't even know what they are, but I'm just saying yeah. we are part of one of their coffee clubs and we absolutely love and I. You know, I'm hesitant to use that word sometimes because we're actually going to talk about that word love here a little bit and how it relates to Mark. But it's like their coffee is, is like good. It is it is very, very good. Tasty, enjoyable, all kinds of different blends and roasts. So go check them out. Of course. And talking about that, Kyle, you kind of mentioned like we're we're going through a series through Mark. Mm-hmm. We kicked that off this weekend. Yes, we, we did. Hit the first part of Mark, man. How crazy we did. to think that we're actually at this series now and going through it. Time flies, man. It is. It, it, really it is. Does. It is. Oh yes. Gosh. But as we were going through this weekend, I think one thing kind of stood out to me and I noticed is it felt like this passage had a lot of Old Testament quotations, or at least you yeah. referenced quite a few I did. this weekend. You kind of threw, I did. You threw a lot out and said, hey, have fun with this this yeah. week, or even uh, scroll on your phone, go find it while I'm talking as well. But Kyle, like you mentioned yeah. a lot of these. So what is, like for you, what was the connection mm-hmm. in parallel to this passage? Like why bring these up and what, like how do they change our understanding and fullness of going through this first part of Mark? Yeah, the reason that I asked people and to go look these passages up and I mentioned them, some in passing and one kind of at the beginning, I dwelt on a little bit more to, to mention, hey, these are, this is a combination of two other passages. And but why does the author, you know, mention, you know, just it's from Isaiah and it's it's actually for that reason. My goal is to help people learn how to read the Bible and read the Bible well, and sometimes what people will do is they'll point out right here at the beginning of Mark and say, listen, it says from Isaiah the prophet, but yet these passages don't both come from Isaiah. This quotation doesn't. So is the Bible error? Is it wrong? And I, I don't necessarily want to go down that rabbit hole today, but the, what the goal is, is to simply provide a simple explanation to say Isaiah was the most famous prophet yep. and he made up the bulk of the quotation. So the writer Mark wasn't necessarily concerned about attributing uh, the whole passage to the right people. What he's just saying is this was a prophecy. Together they were prophecies about the messenger that would come before God himself appeared. And then he introduces us to Jesus. And so really it's to help us understand that the biblical authors were concerned sometimes about things that we aren't concerned about and that sometimes we get concerned about. 
things that they aren't concerned about. They were ultimately concerned about the thematic elements. And that's what yeah. Mark is really emphasizing here at the start is to say, I'm going to pull these themes throughout the foundational Hebrew Old Testament scriptures to help lay a foundation to set the scene for you to be introduced to Jesus. And so he's pulling these thematic elements together to set the scene for Jesus. So why I mentioned that in, in passing was to help us be able to access our Bibles well and provide a little bit of that understanding yeah. without getting too deep in the weeds, which yeah. that's exactly what this podcast Amen. is for, I, is I, to I get a little that. bit more deep yeah. into the weeds. Maybe we'll have to dive into textual yeah. interpretation from Hebrew to Greek. Oh, gosh. To our manuscripts. <laughs> I, some people might think it's a snooze fest. I personally love it. I even have a book on my shelf that I'm reading by Joshua Berman, and he kind of walks through even some of the uh, what people would point out as inconsistency. Yes. And uh, kind of talking through the different, like, in his whole first chapter is talking about uh, something earlier in the Old Testament, but it's even what you were talking about, is the the writing styles were so different. Yes. Because back then, I mean, they're doing more of a thematic. They want to uh, communicate a point or even a theme to their people through the way in which they they told a story. And nowadays, uh, it, it's so different because we have Google. And it's a Google check. Oh, I need to make sure you tell this fact 100% check yeah. correctly as it is. And it, it's been a very different change of critiquing and style of writing. And so I even think that's an interesting point you make and something, a whole nother rabbit hole. We can go yeah. down another well, time. You, you heard me hopefully in, in the teaching mention that what Mark is building to is is a point in, in Mark chapter eight. And then he'll again build to a second point of conclusion in Mark chapter 15. And so pulling out those passages and Mark doesn't do it a lot because he knows his audience isn't entirely familiar with the Old mm. Testament. So the goal isn't to put a whole bunch of Jewish customs and traditions in front of you and try to understand that culture. He just needed to lay a good foundation to show as people respond, as they listen to Jesus, both positively and negatively, and some people just kind of throw their hands in the air and go, we don't know what to do with this, Jesus, that there's at least a foundation for why some of those people will react in different ways. And so we needed to understand that even as God introduces us to Jesus through the voice through heaven, that it's consistent with with what he has said before. And I think that is hugely important to understand the character and the consistency of God is to say that he is going to say what he has said before to us, which helps us trust what he says to us in terms of even our own identity. So let me ask you a question. You mentioned that there's different themes in which we're going to see in Mark. Um, Kyle, what, um, as we're kind of going through this first part in which you're talking yeah. about, what what theme do you see developing and that's going to carry us for the first part of this series? So the first part, we're going to learn who Jesus is and who Jesus is in, uh, in terms of being the Messiah, being the Christ. That's what this first part is going to build to. And so you're going to yeah. see Jesus be put in a lot of positions where people will attribute this messianic, this Christ figure. And again, some will understand, some won't understand, and some will just kind of go, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, kind of figure it out later and just kind of exist around. So, so some of those themes will come out that way. But as we're introduced to Jesus, that first thing that we're introduced to is identity. And that's where I say, 
who Jesus is, because when we understand Jesus's identity, we'll understand what he has done for us, and then we can understand our identity and then properly respond to him and live in response to who God says that we are. Yeah, I like how you go into that. Um, you make that connection of when we understand who Jesus is rightly, we're able to understand who we are. Because, like, I mean, we've talked about this a lot in how we are made in the image of God, how yeah. we are to reflect and be and follow the example in which Jesus said, like, we, we are to be shaped by the Holy Spirit into who he is to be. And so I, I know you're sharing a couple of content things throughout the week that even, that even hit on this concept. Yeah of helping us understand in a culture that is full of guilt, shame, and yeah. just anxiety, because mm-hmm. there's a, like, if we're honest, like, we are imperfect. Yeah. And when you look at Jesus, it, it's tough to go, like, I, I see Jesus, but how do I begin to see myself in a similar yeah. light? Because Jesus is perfect, and I am not. Like, yeah. I fall so short. And we are in a midst of a culture that is so much, like, shame and feel guilty for what you've done. And, like, even when we talk about, like, uh, being canceled or being like being an outsider because of that, like this begins to really shape us when uh, I, I loved how Peggy said it in our Facebook group this mm. week. We, we've asked her yes. to do, kind of walk us through a yeah. series where each week she's going to be doing something on Wednesdays where it's helping us understand who the core, the Trinity of God is and how that relationship we have with them in the first yeah. week of what she said was remind yourself that I am loved and I belong. Yeah. That even when we recognize, like, oh, I'm imperfect, I mess up, I sin, I fall into temptation, is which we talk yeah. about, is that we still have the identity that we are adopted into the family. That mm. because of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, the yeah. ministry in which he had here, God came to us to make a way yeah. for us to be not be seen by our sin, by the guilt and shame in which we might have, but by who Jesus truly is. And it, I love how you began to frame that this week. It's trying to figure out what our identity is. And so often in our culture, and John, you might be able to speak to this a little bit, is sometimes we define our identity or we describe who we are by what we are not. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's sometimes that's helpful. But I, I, f- I find in our culture today that you know, it used to be said maybe even about the church how, you know, we're, we're known more for what we're against than what we're for. But I see that out in our culture as a whole is when we are described about what we are and who we are and what we're for, it's, it's well, we're against this or we're anti this. Therefore, that makes us who, who we are. But, but identity is a little bit of a, a, a fickle thing. So is there something in culture or is there something that you see that might help us get a better grasp on identity and even how that relates to this passage? Um, I think one thing that stands out to me, and I'm not sure if this is exactly where you're going, so you can, you can kind of steer me back. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think one thing that pops in my mind when I think of identity and it's, it's kind of a weird thing, mostly because I'm kind of reusing mine right now is how we use a resume. Okay. Um, in the sense of like on a resume, like you are talking about yourself. You're saying, this is who I yeah. am. This is what I'm qualified. This is what I'm good and the skills and talents in which I have. Yeah. This is how you like, honestly, like a resume and a cover letter, like you're selling yourself to somebody because yeah. you're saying, Hey, like this is who I am. And I think one thing that I've noticed so much when people um, build resumes or they do interviews and I've talked with a couple of my buddies who are still in college and kind of helping them with some of theirs yeah. is man, people, 
people are shy to have confidence in who they are. Mm. People are uh, feel like it's it's not good to say like this is who I am or talk about and like even like there's a little bit of like you brag on yourself about yeah. like and and that's okay to do that. And you're saying that they're uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah, it, I and I. And it's, I think it's just this part of like, you don't want to push it, like push yourself on others. You don't like mostly because people begin to focus, like, like you said, our culture focuses on the negativity on Mm. where we fall short, what we're not good at, what our weakness is. Yeah. Like you see people that uh, find it easier to point out. These are my weaknesses rather than this is my Mm. strength. Where do you think that comes from? Man, I, I really think it comes back around to what we talk about of the shame and guilt and just constant of how we look at our society. Okay, I'll give you an example. Okay. Look at the LeBron James debate right now. Mm. Literally, the first thing uh, you'll I feel like the first thing in which I always see is the comparison between him and Michael Jordan. And everyone's like, well, these are his weaknesses where he wasn't as good. Yes. Instead of just saying like, hey, LeBron James is a phenomenal player. Yes, he is. Who has done this. Instead of just, hey, the first thing we're going to say is LeBron James is great. Here's his accomplishments and what he's done. And rather, it turns into a debate where we're going to point out, ooh, maybe he didn't have mm. the best appearance in this finals game. Mm. Or this isn't his best stat or his ability. They're going to go and point out the turnovers he had in game three. You know, They're going to go point out that and not the fact that Okay, like he just set so many records, moved up to second in assists and yeah. second in all these things. Like, it's such a it's such a movement of our culture to yeah. tear down, to belittle, to because we like for us like that's what happens to us. Yeah. So we just and like innately do that with others. So what I hear in that is there's credentials, there's standards, and when you when you put those out there. What you're actually doing is you're opening yourself up for critique and evaluation that when you put yourself out there and you're trying to be measured by a set of external standards or criteria, what that actually does is because you've identified yourself with those standards and criteria, when you put yourself out there and then they are critiqued, actually it doesn't it actually attacks your the sense of who you are and your yeah. self-worth. And what's What's so difficult is our identity is so interlinked for us by our actions, by our credentials, by a set of standards. And what's actually what provides the freedom is when we realize who we are is not tied to those criteria, this set of standards. It's actually defined by not what we've done, but something that God has done, something that he who he says we are. And that's the reverse way of thinking. But we're so accustomed, if I hear you saying this, that's how we evaluate everything that we're very hesitant to just simply say, LeBron and who he is, when he entered the league with all the pressure and all the standards, he he has overcome a lot. He 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 is a great person in the sense that when you look at his impact and care for other people people whether his school his foundation and again even there's verging on the of saying look at the standards look at the criteria when you just look at the the who he is as a person we're we're trying to evaluate everything by a set of standards rather rather than a level of of character and that's found again 
innately and internally simply yes. because he's another human being. And so, yeah. well, because what it does is it builds limitations mm. in the sense of like we build up these worldly limitations of like, hey, you have to cross this threshold. You have to cross yeah. this barrier until you're a good person or you're successful or you're great in this. Like well, there are standards and barriers in which we set up. And I know we talked about this a long time ago and it might just be a refresher of what we see in Jesus is that those barriers and those thresholds and limitations are torn down. And it says, like, you are brought into your, my family. Mm-hmm. You're, that is, yeah. that is your identity. And you don't have to feel shame or guilt because maybe you might fall short in one area, but Jesus is great and strong and mighty. And so even our weaknesses, yeah, God is still strong. Yeah. And it's tough to reconcile the two when our whole world evaluates who we are with a different standard, which ultimately, I think ultimately it crushes us. And so if what, what, what's difficult, and, and both for someone who is not a follower of Jesus and someone who is a follower of Jesus is to, to recognize that their identity, again, is not, is not self-given, nor is it self-achieved, but it's actually given wholly independently of of the action and then it's to help our experiences and our action catch up to that because when we live in reverse we can never do enough we can never be enough and then when we internalize that we will feel that fear guilt shame and then we won't want to put ourselves out there because we're fearful that 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 someone will say something that strikes us to the very core of our being. And so if you are someone who is feeling crushed or feeling the weight of trying to live up to some set of external standards or trying to actualize a self-imposed identity, you're going to feel the weight of that because you're never going to be, uh, you're never going to live up to even your own standard that you put because you might look at someone else and compare yourself to someone else and go, well, I'm not quite like them. Or, and it's, it's that internal back and forth. So whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, we've got, I, I would challenge us to, to, to return to the core of, in the biblical framework, which is we are not what we have done, but we are, we are simply living in response to what God has done and who he says we are. And Jesus experiences that at his baptism. He hears that voice. And I think we all internally long for that voice. And, and, and we misplace um, our affections and our desires and our drive into other things within the world to try to hear that voice, whether from ourself or from others, or um, or even from from some, we even try to live up to our own standards with God. It's it's we crave that approval, we, we that that achievement, and it's like we just long for someone else to say, or even you know that self validation yeah. of ourselves <laughs> to say say okay, finally I am good enough. And 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 the challenge here is not to go, cool, I am finally good enough. The, the challenge is, and really it's to say, no, actually, like. I'm not good enough. I, I won't be good enough, but God says I'm good enough. And so let me live yeah. as if that is true. So John, let me ask you this. What are some ways that might prove or demonstrate that we're living in, in such a way that, that God says, you are my love child. Mm. I am pleased with you. What might be some things that we see in our life that is the response of living as if that is true from God. Yeah. I think I got two things that come to mind. 
I think the first one is that we have to be willing to humble ourselves mm. in the sense of, hey, it's okay to be wrong. We are all wrong at some <laughs> point. I, well, no, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We laugh about that. Yeah, like, yeah. We look at the world, yep. and it's always, I like, I defend something, and it's like, ooh, you think about it in your head, and after a while you go, oh, I might be wrong in this, but I'm going to keep going with this point. You're unwilling to change your mind. I'm unwilling to change my mind because I like I want to be good enough. I want to be right. I want to show that I know what I'm talking about. Mm. And it's it is to say, like, hey, like it, it, it's okay to be wrong every yeah. now and then because we are all growing together. And, like, yeah. and that's the thing is, like, yeah. hey, if what if as you are growing with Jesus, none of – your thoughts, your theology, your philosophy, the way you live your life, if none of that is changing and you're saying, oh, yeah, everything that Jesus says matches up perfectly with my life, like, <laughs> I would encourage you, like, be willing to say, God, like, where, where am I inconsistent? Mm. Where do I need to grow? And to humble myself and say, God, I'm not perfect. I don't want to lie to myself and tell myself that I am. I know that there mm. are places that I need to grow yeah. and that is okay. And that's where it comes around to the second part is as we look at other people, we have to be willing to be forgiving and accepting mm. even in other people's faults. And so I think that comes back around to like when, when we encourage people to come to church and everything, we encourage people to get baptized and grow in their faith and everything yeah. to tell them like, hey, you don't have to be perfect when you first walk in the doors. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect when you show up to a, to a community group. You don't have to be perfect when you get baptized. What? I know, right? But no, it, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. literally to say, like, we are all imperfect. Yeah. We are all growing. I am willing to say that I need to grow. And so that's going to change how I see other people's. And I want to be able to give them the opportunity to grow and not have this um, – unmet expectation of them when mm. they first walk in mm. and so it's to tell people like no like you are loved and you belong no matter who you are what you've done what you haven't done where you've been like when you walk in the doors when you walk into a community of people you belong and you are loved because yeah. your identity is not found in the worldly things of how people look at you but rather it's found in how god looks at you and the identity he has set yeah. for you and then what happens is we begin to change that's the beautiful thing is the goal is not change before, but it's actually when we recognize that we are lovely, when we are worth it, yep. when we are strong, when we, when we are who God says we are because, and we recognize that because God is who he says he is, then we will experience change, not just yep. in changing mind by being able to be humble yep. and to change your mind, but we will actually be able to experience uh restoration and relationships we will be able to to experience peace in circumstances where before we would have been anxious or we would have been scared to put ourselves out there but at the end of the day when we when we go and we live from a place that has already been filled up we will stop trying to fill up our lives with words with actions with with attaboys girls <laughs> from others and instead we will be we will live from a place of abundance and acceptance rather than a place of trying to earn the abundance or the acceptance. And so whether you're a Christian or non-Christian today, we really hope that we will be able to go on this journey with you to explore what it looks like to follow Jesus, what it looks like to be a part of God's family and we hope that you continue to journey with us through the book of Mark so that we can listen and respond together.
Thanks for joining us on this week's Midweek Podcast. We want to help make your faith an everyday faith, whether you're brand new to this or whether you've been journeying with us for a while. So be sure to send us a message. Yeah. Drop a question if you're like, hey, I need you to talk about this next week because you said something and I was like, what in the world does that even <laughs> mean? Like, let us know. Yes. Also, be checking out our social media, our website. We're dropping out different devotionals, different blogs, different videos to begin to help you as we go through Mark. Like, it's more than just Sunday, but it's an everyday experience where we are growing and being shaped by Jesus as we grow and seek out the Holy Spirit who's alive and working with us. So thanks for joining us this week. Hope you will join us next week. Thank you.